Welcome to Unfiltered Insights, where we find the meaning in the madness. Join us as we explore a range of topics that reveal our understanding of the world. It's a journey towards fostering empathy, compassion, and awareness through thought-provoking conversation. And welcome back to Unfiltered Insights. This is your host, me, and my co-host... Angie. Yeah. And so... I we were about to have a conversation about a friend of ours who has a date this evening and kind of what led up to it. And it, it started, I could tell immediately this was a conversation that I wanted to save for an episode. So I immediately stopped the conversation and was like, meet me in the studio. <laughs> so here we are. All right. So to catch the listeners up, basically the conversation was about this mutual friend of ours who um, recently divorced is getting ready to go on a date tonight. And it's been like a long buildup because there's been days in between like the texting and the calls or whatever was going on. And, you know, I was thinking that there should be a bit more urgency on his part. Like he should be showing more interest in this person because otherwise, you know, she may not pursue. And then the question you asked G was what? Okay, so I'm a particular person when it comes to dating in this whole disastrous dating world, especially because I've been doing uh, online dating for the most part. Yeah, instead of like changing up the the, 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 the paradigm and going out and actually meeting people in the real world, uh, I've been doing the whole online thing. So I got a different perception of it. Mm-hmm. So when it comes to that kind of situation, and because of my own experiences throughout dating and just life in general, I'm more of like, if she does a little more like, like showing that she's interested, then I will follow with that. Right. Um, because I've been disappointed so many times where I put a lot on the effort and I get very little or almost nothing in return. And then I just land in a, in a disappointment. And, yeah. and, you know, I wasted my time doing that. So now I've changed a little bit on the, hey, if she does a little more effort, if she shows me, uh, shows me that she's interested in the, in, in, in me or whatever it is, it, like, it doesn't have to be a, a romantic setting. It can be also be in a platonic friendship setting. Then, yeah, I will follow with her efforts as well. So see that's my mentality about it and, and mm-hmm. so how, how do i handle that like i hear you, you uh give him advice about like hey you're you should be pursuing that uh, uh, this possible opportunity that you have and then it just clashes with you know the experiences that i have in my own life well so because in my mind i mean there, there were indications based on what we were told. There were indications yeah. that this person had an interest in him. Okay. You know, they met in person. Things seemed to be going pretty well. And then he just wouldn't call or text her for days at a time. I think it was like a week or something in between texts. Okay, now the context that I'm getting is different than the context that the audience is getting. Now I'm getting the full scope of the, of the story. So mm-hmm. it's like it's his fault that he's not pursuing this, right? That that was that was my thinking. Okay, and so, but I, so part of the thing though that I've noticed because like one of the things that stuck out was there were certain things that she said to him that he thought were not necessarily offensive, but he thought maybe she considered him not good enough. Oh, right. So 
like, I don't want to go into too much detail because I didn't, <laughs> I don't have his permission to share his information, <laughs> but it, it, it's sort of like, I'm going to, I'll go a different route. Right. So if somebody's very educated, maybe okay. they have a higher education, like a master's or a doctorate. And I let's, let's say for a moment that I don't have any degrees and I may look at them and say, well, God, they're so accomplished. They're so well-read. Yeah. What, what business do they have with me? And if they say, oh, you should totally go to school, you should, you know, you should do more school. If I take offense to that, does that mean that they are thinking I'm not good enough? Or are they just trying to encourage me to do something they think I would get something good out of? See, to me, it's it's a bit of a conundrum that because then you start thinking, is this person likes me for whatever reason? Because then you start thinking you're not good enough. And that, that, that let's say that, and it doesn't have to be for educational purposes. It could be financial as well. A lot of people feel very, very insecure about their financial income. And then the person goes like, yeah, you need to earn more. And then you go like, wait, wait, that's the reason that you like me? Or, or like... It, to me, it's a bit of a, a, a another puzzle. It's like, then what exactly is the reason that you're interested in me? Yeah, well, that's a good question to ask them. <laughs> <laughs> but I think sometimes we get so far in our own heads. Yeah. We we have our own insecurities, and we project those things onto other people. We assume that they think just as poorly of us as we do about ourselves. You know, because if you've ever met a super arrogant person that just thinks they're God's gift, <laughs> they think everyone thinks they're right. Yeah. Even if that's not true, the same goes on the opposite end of the spectrum, where if you don't think you're good enough, if you feel like these are flaws, if you feel like these are shortcomings, then you immediately assume that everybody else is going to think that. And it creates kind of a spotlight where it just feels like you're exposed. And for some people... Maybe they do believe that. Maybe that's what they think. And if they're not comfortable with where you're at and where you're going and the route that you want to take, then perhaps they should excuse themselves from the relationship where you can be like, it seems like I'm not fitting what you're looking for, yeah. you know? And and so that's a discussion to have with them and within yourself before, you know what I'm saying? Before no, you just decide to. I completely understand it. And, and more so that like, maybe I don't fit in your criteria about what you what you know, you want the person to be next to you. What is your criteria that you want somebody to be next to you? Yeah, well, that's, that's important. And I don't think enough people and this goes into the vetting thing that we talked about, I think back in episode one, when we we're talking yeah. about the matchmaking, right? Where it's, if you don't know what your standards are, then it makes it a lot harder to find the right mate for you. Yeah. You know, I don't expect people to give me like a detailed long list of everything that they expect out of a partner within the first few dates. But I think we all have preferences and there are some deal breakers. And I want to be made aware of what those things are. Yeah. Because otherwise, like there was somebody I dated once. <laughs> that, <laughs> that I, uh, it was so frustrating because. We were already kind of doing long distance. They had moved out of town. We knew each other back when they lived in my same town. And we'd been kind of doing this back and forth a little bit. And eventually it kind of got to where it's like, so what are we doing? You know, because it doesn't really feel like it's going anywhere. And I'm mm -hmm. just curious because like at that time I was looking for a long-term relationship. Yeah. You know, where we would be living in the same town at least. <laughs> you know, <laughs> and 
eventually that's when it came out that they didn't want to be with somebody who had children. Oh my goodness. And I said, so, but I have children and you knew that like straight up, you knew that from the beginning. I've had kids since I've known you. So if you didn't want to be with somebody who had kids, why would you date somebody that, that has kids? Yeah. And then he, he said something like, well, it's, I've done, I've dated women with children before and I went really well. And I said, you're not with those people. Yeah. You're not with them. So what sense does it make for us to continue? If you don't want to be with somebody who has children, then why date them? Like that doesn't even make sense to me. Now, if we had made an arrangement, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> like if we had made like the little, you know, FWB thing, that would be a different story. And maybe he, perhaps, just wanted to, maybe he just wanted to date moms. Is that his thing? I don't know. I don't know. I just, I thought it was so bizarre. It's like, if, if you're so opposed to this, then why would you date me like that? And so this is where, you know, it's on, it's on both of us, yeah. right? It's on him for not stating that and making that clear from the beginning and having a mature conversation. It's my fault for not vetting him to see what he was really looking for, not just in general, but with me specifically. Yeah. You know, because I, I think a lot of times we don't ask the question, like, are you currently looking to just date? Yeah. Are you looking for an arrangement, so to speak? Are you wanting something long term? Just trying to get a feel for what your vibe is, because if you're just out here playing around and you just want to, you know, do your thing with whoever. OK, cool. You go ahead and do that. But if I'm not in that same headspace, let's not do that. And. I don't know. I, I, I know some people lie about it. They'll be like, oh, yeah, I want to be with you and only yeah. you and blah, blah, blah. But they don't actually mean that. I mean, like, it, I can understand to a certain extent, because like, I'm trying to put myself in their uh, in each other's shoes. Mm -hmm. um, that the fact that like some people either lie or conceal information or whatever you want to call it. Yeah. Um, because they fear that, you know, it's not going to work. They're going to be left. That they're going to be alone again. So it's like. You know, better to be not alone than to actually have a conversation that might risk that, that I'm going to be alone again. How does that really save you? It's better to not be alone with my thoughts. <laughs> well, so think about this. Has it, how has it, how's it been working for you? I'm not saying for me. No, but I mean, but I mean, generally speaking, do you know anybody who lives by that rule that is, happily in a relationship no <laughs> you no. know what i'm saying because no. you're living incongruently you're not living in integrity if your words and your actions aren't in alignment with each other how on earth do you expect to, to feel fulfilled and happy how you know so like if your goal is to be in a relationship and to be with somebody and to have that whole experience terrific that's great to stay with somebody just to stay with somebody so you don't have to be alone with yourself. How is that fair to anyone? Yeah. And especially and yourself. Yeah. So you're, you're lying to yourself. You're lying to your partner. And then what you just kind of continue on in this shallow relationship that is lacking substance because you don't want to be alone. How, how well do you show up for that? There's no investment there other than mm -hmm. desperation. Desperation creates a shift in the dynamic. A shift in the dynamic ends up having one of the people feeling like the child and the other feeling like the parent. And then it becomes a job. Then mm -hmm. the relationship starts to break down over time. 
and then you end up in a really messy breakup. Yeah. And some people take it all the way to marriage and end up having to go through a divorce. And then if they have kids, like this whole time, this whole time, we were together because you didn't want to be alone. What a ripoff, right? You feel jaded after that. Yeah. And trusting anybody was going to be difficult. Yeah. And every time it happens to you, it can intensify that. It can open the wound that much more and make it that much more difficult. So I I think it's a waste of time for anybody to be dishonest with other people. People who get off on lying to other people because they like to get something over on another person and take advantage of them. That kind of stuff is like narcissistic tendencies, if not the actual personality disorder. That's like psychopathy type stuff that's sadistic to me. So if, if you encounter anyone who brags on, you know, lying to people and getting sex from them, getting money from them and doing all these other things by lying to the other person. I would say head for the hills. Don't even let them be your friend. Those people, those are not, those are not trustworthy people in my opinion. And there's, I mean, I got, again, let me see, like, I'll put myself in, in, in each other's shoes from both sides. You got the people that are like doing it out, you know, out of desperation. They don't want to be alone and whatever. And uh, so they lie to themselves, they put on a mask and they keep wearing that mask for so long. They even forget they're wearing a mask, mm-hmm. but Hey, you're not alone. Even if it's not working. <laughs> yeah. And then. The other one that I don't understand, that's the one that I, I, I'm trying to put the shoe on, but it doesn't either, it doesn't fit or it's like whatever. It's the people that actually do it for the kicks. They just, because, for example, the, 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 the past relationship that you mentioned. Yeah. Like, he didn't come clean about what he was doing. And then I, my immediate thought is that he gets kicks out of dating moms. Yeah. Yeah. I don't, I don't know if it was like a kink or what, but it was, <laughs> and it, it's one of those things where it's like, I don't want to have to ask you your intentions and something, I can't remember who it was. It might've been, um, GL Lambert. I don't know if you've ever heard of him. He is mm-hmm. an author and he has multiple books and it's like, uh, something about being a Trojan or dating like a Trojan or something like that. There's mm-hmm. ho tactics and some other stuff. I know that <laughs> sounds crazy, but it, it's really actually some really good information. And when I started like thinking from that male perspective, I started to see things a lot differently and the way I approached things started to change too. And not everybody is going to just immediately divulge their intentions for you. Yeah. A lot of people are afraid of being honest. The thing is, if men were to start being honest from the from the jump, generally, or even women too, really, to be honest, if everybody started being more honest from the very beginning, I would bet you could still get those desires met unless, yeah. unless one of your requirements is deception has to be a part of this process. I get a kick out of deceiving people, of swindling people, right? Of, you know, being sneaky and getting, you know, whatever it is that I want from you. It'll be a miracle if you can get anyone to say something like that. (laughs) Yeah. Well, the way I look at it, I exist. I can't be the only one. I'm not that special. There's no way that I'm the only person on the planet. No, I get it. 
I get it. What I meant is like to somebody to say, I get the kink out of line to people. <laughs> yeah. I mean, some people might under the right circumstances, they might admit to it. Oh my goodness. You know, I, it, because the work that I've done in the past, I've gotten some people to admit to some pretty ridiculous things I, that I can't go into, but if it's done properly, you can get someone to say almost anything to you. I've had people admit things just you that blew believe. my mind. That blew my so, mind. Instead of going over classified stuff, let's go over <laughs> a little bit on like the positive thing. So let's say, like for example, the, the, uh, our friend who's uh, on a date right now. Like, let's say that it like a little bit of time passes and then and everything works out. So. Mm -hmm. Should they just, you know, sit down in a conversation about, you know, their intentions about moving forward or something like that? So like, how do you engage a conversation about your intentions, about how do you want, you know, whatever interaction, relationship or whatever you, you want with this person? So I may not start with that. I think more than anything, I want to observe you just okay. in your kind of natural environment, right? I kind of, <laughs> I want to take the approach of being like a scientist or researcher, something that- Attenborough observing you. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I want to be more of an objective person. I don't want to immediately go in with this emotional investment and like, oh, they want a real relationship. Let's focus on that. No, I want to see who you are, how you are, regardless of where we're at. I want to learn you. I want to know more about you. What do you do when you're angry? What do you do when you're sad? What, you know, what's your level of anger over big and small things? I want to start to see some of that before I even ask the question. Okay. And if I see some interest there, I see that you're kind, like, because if we go to dinner, I went on a date once. <laughs> I have so many of these <laughs> stories. I should just start a series called dating disasters. <laughs> so Watch for the new podcast. <laughs> <laughs> right? So we go to the restaurant and this person, they're like on the outside of the watch. You know how you can have that little dial thing that you can kind of move so you can figure out the timing. Does, yeah. Do you know what I'm talking about? Okay. Yeah. So they immediately like said it when we got in and they were, you know, they kept adjusting it and adjusting it until we got to the table. And even then I was like, what are you doing? To, you know, like what's up with the watch and he yeah. had been timing every single aspect of from our arrival until we started getting drinks food being given menus all of it he was timing everything okay monk like that's creepy and alarming it gets worse so because <laughs> so, he was telling me how much time it took for us to um wait to talk to the hostess how long it took for us to wait until we got sat at a table, how long it took for once we got seated for someone to come to welcome us, bring us a menu, whatever, how long it took before we got our waters, how long it took before we got our food. And then on top of that, he put money out on the table and said, this is her tip. And every time she does something I don't like, I'm going to take money away from it. The hell? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's what he did. The whole time. It's like points deducted if I don't yeah. like something you do. Exactly. If it took too long, then boom. I said, look around this place. I said, have you ever done service work in a day in your life? 
No, he hadn't. I won't go into what he did for a living, but he hadn't really done anything. He basically, he got to, you know, be with the parents, go to school, and then immediately go into a high paying job. Wow. Because it's one of those areas where they need people. And so it's not hard to find a job and it's a good paying job. So he doesn't understand what it's like. I said, as someone who has worked in the service industry, I was like, this place is very busy. You don't know if they're short staffed. You don't know what's going on in the kitchen. You have no idea what's going on. There's very little control that you have over how available you are. I said, take a look around the room. You know, I was teaching him some very, what I consider very basic observation skills and human decency. And at that point in time, I was in my early twenties. So, or like maybe mid twenties or whatever. So then I didn't understand that this is part of that, that gap that you can fall into with people where it's like, I'm teaching you how to be a decent human being. I'm rehabbing you. I'm basically parenting you. Yeah. I was trying to take this person who I thought had all this potential, who seemed like a stable person that had a good job, blah, 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 met X, Y, Z criteria. And then I was trying to humanize him more. That's too much work. That's too much work, but that's not something I'm open to doing anymore. Okay. So what do you do in those cases? Like, let's say that you are the one that, because there's a lot of people that unwillingly do that, that, that you know, that's the way they, they behave. You gotta become consciously you- aware. Okay. Yeah. So there's, you don't know what you don't know until you know it. Right. And once you know better, you can do better. So for me, I wasn't consciously aware of what was happening. My, my standards were in the dirt. Basically some of them were underground. Standards (laughs) that you had at the moment. Yeah. No, they were dirt. Yeah. And it's, it's the more knowledge I gain, the better I'm able to, not only take care of myself, but protect myself and to know what's an appropriate level of maintenance, I guess you could call it for a potential partner, or even if they become your partner, because there's only so far I can go. And sometimes people change over the course of relationship where they may start asking things of you or having different standards than what they had when you first got together, which can cause conflict, which can cause problems because there was a time, especially early, earlier in my life when I I didn't have a whole lot when I met the person, I wasn't really going anywhere, so to speak, but I got to a point where it's like, I want more for my life and for my kids. And I want Mm -hmm. you to come on this journey with me. And they were not a motivated person. You know, and if they did get a little bit of motivation, they were very self-sabotaging. They had, they developed or redeveloped or whatever, like issues with substances and stuff. And it's like, I can't be a part of this. This isn't working. And then I was, you know, told I was abandoning them. It's not that I'm abandoning you. It's just the circumstances and my, my standards have changed. So my expectations start to rise as I start to rise. And this is where sometimes I think we get messed up. Because we think about how they're achieving, they're motivated, they're doing all these things, they're making these strides in life, and I'm not. So they may not want to be with me. Or they are assuming they don't want to be with you. Is that really the case? That's for them to say. If they want someone that's equally motivated as them, then that's, that's their preference. But not everybody's that way. 
I, for me personally, it's, I don't necessarily need you to be, you know, cause like I, I own my own business. It doesn't mean you also have to own your own business. I want you to have your own life, your own interests, your own friend group. Like I want you to be a whole person on your own. Right. And to not be intimidated by whatever it is I'm doing, because I'm going to keep pursuing my goals. I'm going to keep achieving things. That's the direction I want to head. And if you can roll with that, terrific. But not everybody is okay with that. And especially I've noticed with men, they, they get very upset when the woman makes more than them that's doing better than them. They start to feel less than. My, my, my shine doesn't mean you have to be in a shadow. It doesn't mean that you are less than me. It just means we're at different places. Shine in your own way. Do your own thing. Be your own happiness. I can't give that to you. If the only way for you to be happy is for me to shine less, to shrink more, that's not going to work. That's just, to me, that's that's limiting. That's abusive. I don't like that. Oh, my goodness. It's like, it, it, and it, it's just sad because there's a lot of relationships that I've seen that, like, end that way. Mm-hmm. And they're great people. And yeah. you go like, and, and you go like, how, how did it end up this way? Yeah. Like sometimes like, I, I believe that from the, like, let's say from the uh, person that's not shining as much is because, you know, there's still a lot of like, let's say traumas past, yeah. whatever they have to deal with. And it's just sad that like, you know, th- those things are holding them back and it, and it takes a lot or maybe like a big event for maybe even the breakup to happen for that person to like start on a new yeah. journey to change. Well, that can be the kick in the ass that you needed. Apparently I, that I believe, I totally believe that whatever you require is going to come to you. So if you're feeling like you're getting your ass kicked, that's a huge, that's a huge red flag that you have been ignoring all of the signs along the road that said, turn here, <laughs> merge here. <laughs> right. You've been ignoring that. And so now it's like, I'm going to put you in such a position that you have no choice but to move in a different direction. You'll, you will be pinned down. So you will either die here or you're going to move. You're going to change, yeah. period. That's that's what I think. And some of these things that I thought were so tragic at one point in time and so unfair, blah, 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 boo-hoo, I am grateful for because ultimately it led me to a completely different place on a completely different path where I feel better about my life. And it's helped me help other people. Those, all those bad experiences makes it so easy for me to relate to multiple people and help, help them with their problems. And I have a deep empathy and compassion for those people because I've been in their shoes and I, I, so I wouldn't take it back. I wouldn't trade it for anything. I don't want to do it again. But, <laughs> but it is difficult because at the moment you don't understand that, you know, that this should be happening or because you ignore the signs or because you, you've been keep repeating the same behavior throughout some time without no, like no results or no growth or no progress or whatever. And you don't see because it's comfortable. It's like you do it daily. And it's like, yeah, I can do it with like with my eyes closed and whatever. And then you reach a point where, like, where you know, those results aren't enough. Maybe life yeah. shows you, uh, you know, a point of, of view that, um, yeah, if you don't do it, then you're just going to reach X results and it's not going to be a good one. Yeah. So either you change 
or I'm going to present you a situation that you have to sink mm-hmm. or swim situations. Yeah. And when you're sinking and you're, and the water's on your neck or you're actually drowning, then either you do something or you die. Yeah. Yeah. And that can be a, a figurative, you know, or spiritual death, or it could be literal depending on yeah. the situation. Yeah. Cause if you really, really sit, and this is assuming that you have the capacity to do this, because some folks don't, unfortunately, they it's just don't have the capacity to, yeah. to really sit with themselves and face I mean, the ugliness. Yeah, for a lot of people, it is really difficult to face themselves. They don't like yeah. to look at themselves. Yeah, well, part of the <laughs> right. Well, and sometimes literally, they can't even stand yeah. to look at themselves. You yeah. know, and so my thing is this is my belief. I believe that the people that struggle the most with really sitting with their thoughts, their feelings, their, their past behaviors, their current behaviors, all of it, the ones who struggle the most with it are the ones who are the most full of shame. And shame is when you didn't do something bad, you are bad. Right. It, It, they, they think that, to admit to, to really sit with this stuff. It's too much. It's too painful. I can't do it. I'll just keep moving forward rather than trying to sit with it and say, what can I do differently? Instead of seeing it as an opportunity to learn, grow and change, it just feels bad. It feels uncomfortable. I can't stand it, which is total horseshit. You can stand it. If you couldn't, you would have died already. Like the minute you thought of it, (laughs) you would have dropped dead if you couldn't stand it. So calm down, you know? So that's that's what I think it boils down to. It's it's to rid rid yourself of all the shame because shame isn't required for a better life. It actually, based on science, based on research, it sets you up for failure. It is less effective than seeing it as an opportunity to grow, learn, and change. You can have some remorse over things that you've done. Yeah. It's not like you're endorsing the bad things that you've done, right? It just means I don't like what I did. It's not that I don't like me. I don't like what I did. What I did was bad. I am not bad because I am not one thing. I'm a multitude of things. I'm a combination of things. And I am perhaps on some level a sum of all of those things. But ultimately, yeah, ultimately that one act or those, you know, those multiple things that I've done in my past don't fully define me. And if I don't like how it's looking and how things are lining up, what can I do to change? It's about empowering yourself people that avoid that process don't feel empowered. They do not believe in the power that they have as an individual. They just press forward and pretend like they feel powerful or they just play the victim. Or a combination. Yeah. Some people it's opportunistic. What's going to work for me right now in this situation, playing the victim or pretending that I'm the most powerful person and I totally believe in myself. It's like, it's like the lie that you keep telling yourself to move forward. I mean, mm-hmm. eventually it's gonna it's gonna come to head, and you're gonna have to face it. Yeah. Whether it is whether it is a mirror or a failure, or maybe I mean, you, you keep repeating a behavior that is just you know you're probably along the way you're gonna get diminishing diminishing returns. So mm-hmm. until everything comes to a head, and either you change or everything that you build up whether it's a lie or whatever you want to call it will crumble. Yeah. Everything eventually comes back around in one shape or form. So 
what are you setting yourself up for based on what you're currently doing? Right. Yeah. If you take a look at your history, what what are you doing? What is serving you? What's not serving you? Grab yeah. the lessons that you can and actually act on them, which is the part that is difficult for everyone, myself included. Mm -hmm. Like it's, it's difficult to, to, to admit to yourself. Yeah, I was wrong. What did I learn from this? What did, what can I change from it and actually act on it? Yeah. That acting part. Yeah. That's uh, there's a big trench between saying something and doing something. Yeah. Well, and the, the, the thing is to stop doubling down. Would you rather be right or would you rather be happy <laughs> or on the road <laughs> to, you know, to some level of peace? Because a lot of times people are so stuck on, you know, blaming other people. I saw something the other day. It was a reminder to me because I've seen this before where they said, how long are you going to blame your parents for your shitty life? That's how true. Long? Yeah. How long are you going to make it somebody else's problem? Once you're a grown adult and you have full autonomy, then start making those changes. Start reading the books. Do the things. You know, you don't have to be able to afford to buy all this stuff. You can go to the library. Library cards are free, babe. You know, like, go get one. Google's like, free. Google's <laughs> free. You know, and, and that's that's my thing. People always want to have a reason why they don't do something. And I've learned over the years, the only reason why you're not getting things accomplished is because you're getting in your own way. Nothing's stopping you from making improvements in your life besides you. Because there are some people that have been literally homeless at the end of their rope completely and have managed to turn it around. And even if it's just one out of a thousand that does it, it proves that it can be done. Yeah. And so whenever, sometimes I allow myself to sit on the pity pot. I try to, I try to wrap it up. It's comfortable. It's comfortable. It's easy to complain. It's easy to point the mm -hmm. finger. All of that yeah. is easy. And sometimes it's addictive. I mean, how many people have you seen them? Their whole lives are stuck there. Yeah. I mean, I can blame my, I, I can point the finger at myself that I've done it. Yeah. So, and this is my thing. I think it's important to get that stuff off your chest to air your grievances, so to speak. But at some point, it's your responsibility to do something about it because no mm -hmm. one's coming to save you. No one's coming for you. There might be helpers along the way, but the, the work that needs to be done to get you out of where you're at comes from you. Because mm -hmm. somebody could be like, here's a million dollars. And you'd be like, okay. <laughs> that money doesn't do anything without you doing something with it. It just I'll sits blow there. it off in a day or a week. <laughs> right. So you can keep doing what you've been doing, lose all your money, and then not have any improvements in your life and still feel depressed. Yeah. Right? Because there's plenty of rich people that don't feel fulfilled. You know, does it make certain aspects of life a lot easier? Sure. But that doesn't mean that you're instantly going to be happy and feeling fulfilled. That's why you see a lot of these people that go out and do really ridiculous stuff, you know, with yeah. their money because they're, they feel empty. They're trying to fill a void. How many rich YouTubers out there you see them with like ridiculous videos? I'm not going to name. You probably know who, who they are. Yeah. Well, and some of that is just they're trying to, to satisfy these other people who's who have a deep desire to to get fulfilled also but they don't do it on their own and so they keep yeah. escalating and escalating and escalating and this goes in good and bad directions yeah yeah you know because if you build up your tolerance for adrenaline type stuff or i'll call it corn because i don't know how much we can say the, the <laughs> p word on here but 
you know, people will, the more you watch it, the more you build up a tolerance for it. And so the risk, you know, the riskier and riskier and riskier it tends to get, and it starts to get really out there. You start seeing some pretty disgusting stuff, right? Oh my God. And it's just like, if you start with drugs, if you are doing drugs for the sake of doing drugs, like you're trying to fulfill something, you're trying to feel something, then you're trying to feed it like a need, a biological need with a substance chances are you're going to have to keep increasing the amount that you're doing the frequency of it right to keep yourself feeling in that in that so-called okay space yeah. that's eventually not going to be enough so you may graduate up to something that's harder that's stronger right same thing you just keep escalating because you're you're trying to fill a void it's an abyss it's bottomless so I, and, I don't know. Like, it, no, it's it, it, I mean, it, it, it just sheds light into a lot of stuff that people do, mm -hmm. and they keep doing it until it kills them, yeah. until they actually get to the root of the matter. Yeah, and you know, for some people, they're like, "Well, I'm still alive," so you know, but it's like a spiritual <laughs> death. It's like, <laughs> do you feel alive inside? Hey, whatever doesn't kill you. <laughs> <laughs> I remember people would say, you know, whatever doesn't kill you makes you stronger. It's like, okay, yeah. well, like, am I supposed to be lifting cars by now? Because it's hard. <laughs> Enough already. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, I mean, in the end, it's, it's stuff that, again, you have to look at yourself in the mirror. Mm -hmm. Why am I acting this way? Even if I don't want to see the monster that's on the other side. Yeah. Yeah. So how would someone become self-aware really is a personal journey, I think. Yeah. Because some people seem to have no self-awareness. Yeah, no accurate view of what they are like as a human being. And if they do, they cover it. Yeah. Because it's like if you knew how you were being perceived and how you're you're coming across to other people you might think twice about continuing on doing what you're doing because some people are just outright rude and then they want to call it i'm just honest i'm a scorpio like, <laughs> i'm just that someplace else you know <laughs> like take take that someplace else i think i think it was Brene brown who said honesty without compassion is cruelty yeah and that is so true because it's like, okay, it's fine. You can tell the hard truth, but how you deliver that truth makes a really big difference on how well it's received. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I'm, I'm a big fan of bluntness. <laughs> a yeah. lot of people yeah. aren't. I right. like the unfiltered rule, uh, truth. Just mm -hmm. give it to me like that. Because I know you're, you maybe want to like soften the blow because of, you know, spare feelings and whatever. I can understand that. I appreciate that that, compa that compassion that you were talking about. Yeah. I'm a, I'm a fan of like, just give it to me how it is. <laughs> right. Well, and that's where context and knowing your audience comes in. Yeah. People that are just like, this is just how I am all the time. I don't care who you are. I'm going to be the exact same person no matter what. That's some of the least sensitive bunch of bull i've like come on well if you love me or you hate me bro you know like mm -hmm. i don't like that attitude that that to me is a display of a lack of compassion and empathy i mean i still want to be a genuine person no matter where i'm at however i do modify certain behaviors like i'm not going to go to church and be like f this f that bah, 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 bah. you know yeah. like i'm not trying to be insulting to every person that's in there 
right? However, I'm still going to be who I am. I don't go to church, so I don't know what that person looks like. (laughs) But, But when it comes to, like, if I'm in a new group of people that I don't know, I'm not going to just be acting like I'm out with my girls on a Friday night with this brand new group of people that I don't know. Yeah. I, I don't have any trust. I don't have, I don't, yeah, to some degree, some of it is self-preservation. I'm not yeah, being disingenuous. Right. I'm not pretending to be somebody I'm not, but I'm making my, my interaction with you appropriate for the level of int- intimacy that we have established. Yeah. yeah. You know, and how I am with a client versus how I am with my friends, two different things, but the general message, the general way of doing and being is going to be the same if I'm living in integrity. But if I'm telling you like, Hey, everything in moderation and don't do drugs, but I go home and I'm snorting Coke off the (laughs) coffee table (laughs) and I'm drinking all the time, you know, to excess, then I'm a hypocrite. Okay. You know, that's not like, Oh, my private life's private. No, I'm being a hypocrite. I can be honest with you without telling you everything that I do. Right. So I could say, you know what? I believe that people are open to experimenting with whatever they want to experiment with to whatever degree. It doesn't mean I have to disclose everything that I do. Right. But that's still in alignment with what I'm doing at home. Not great still, but at least I'm showing up more genuinely. Right. Being more authentic. Yeah. Because that's that's something that we miss these days. Like yeah. authenticity is really lacking these days. Yeah. So I don't know. I'm a believer in just being who you are and just showing yeah. up like that. If, if more people were honest, I think they would. I think people would be surprised that there's still people that would want something to do with them because birds, other birds of your feather are out there. <laughs> They're just waiting to flock with you. You know? Yeah, but it, it goes back to the whole thing about, you know, shame and mm-hmm. remorse and all of that. It's like, yeah, I don't want to repeat certain events or I don't want to repeat certain experiences or, you know, you know, let's say for going back around to the whole thing that we forgot about. about dating. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. And now that because I had a, let's say, a terrible heartbreak, a terrible breakup or this thing happened with with, with my ex then we go into a new relationship or a new opportunity with somebody that would have been potentially the, you know, the one, or if you want to call it the one, mm-hmm. and we just tiptoe around the thing, putting on a mask or trying to just, you know, people please in order to make it work. And we're just, you know, just walking on eggshells because we don't want to get hurt again. Yeah. And guess what? We still get hurt. Yeah. <laughs> It's, it's, it's false. It's a fantasy that we, we fill our heads with. And maybe some of that is because we've been programmed by Hollywood, you know, TV shows, movies, whatever, this idealized view of how it's supposed to be. And we tried to play that role. We're not showing up as ourselves. Like, you, you know, you talked about the mask. If you aren't being your authentic self, do you really, and this, and you're with somebody in a relationship who's like, oh, I'm so in love with you, blah, blah, blah. You know you're a phony. That's why you feel insecure in that relationship because you're not fully showing up as yourself in that relationship. And so you don't feel deserving of that person's love and admiration and dedication. Period. So if you were fully being yourself and that person loved you anyway, that's a more secure relationship. That's one where you're not going to self-sabotage and 
feel this sense of insecurity all of the time that you would project then onto the other person, which turns that relationship eventually into a job. Just hard to hear yeah. those kind of words. Yeah. Like, I don't know how many people out there that are listening to us that, that they might be feeling that way. Mm-hmm. And it's it's difficult to actually, let's say that you are feeling like a parent and you go like, you know, either either this person actually makes the effort to actually improve themselves so, you know, they can improve the relationship or I have to, you know, call it and that yeah. is it. And it's not yeah. that they're a bad person because I've seen That's, great people go through this. Exactly. exactly. And I think a lot of times people say, well, if it's not this, then it's that. It's very black and white thinking, and that's dangerous. That yeah. gets you into all kinds of problems. It's it's irrational to think that it's either one one thing or another. There's no in between. To eliminate the gray is yeah. to live in a world that I don't want any part of, and it's not reality. The gray exists. This thing's got heavy. <laughs> I know. I know. <laughs> so I, I I don't know. I hopefully. Because I, I know we should probably uh, start to close out this session, but I, hopefully this is something that's useful for you, for listeners, for everyone to kind of sit with this sort of information and apply it to yourself. Yeah. You know, because I think a lot of times we don't spend enough time with our own thoughts and feelings because it's uncomfortable and we have like inadequate frustration tolerance we can't yeah. seem to stand our own discomfort or the discomfort of others. We get into people pleasing and that's its own form of manipulation. Yeah. You know, and so we can't be trusted either. So I don't know, whatever we're going through, basically what it boils down to, whatever we're experiencing, we're the common denominator. Yeah. And it's time to assess what's going on within me that has me feel and behave the way that I do, because it's mm-hmm. no one else's responsibility or fault, but my own. Mm-hmm. And take yeah. like, it's important to take a look at ourselves that, you know, what as a common denominator has been the result of continuing that type of behavior. What mm-hmm. type of things am I keep doing that, you know, either lands me in a breakup, lands me to l- lose a job, whatever the result. Yeah. You can you can look at yourself in that moment and see all the ugly sides about it. Mm-hmm. and then make the moves to change and then the next time that you look at yourself then maybe it's a little better i'm not saying it's a hundred percent you know incredibly better but right. step by step instead right. of just constantly looking at the same image in the mirror yeah and for for anyone who's struggling with it or it seems a bit too daunting of a of a task to take on i say get a coach get a counselor, get somebody that can walk you through it. Because sometimes it helps to have that other perspective, somebody who's done that kind of work already for themselves to guide you through the process, to normalize some of the things that are coming up for you. Because I think a lot of times we get discouraged. Yeah. Because it's a lot. Yeah. Just as a startup, how about splitting uh, that huge thing that you want to work out in smaller parts? Mm-hmm. Chunk about it out. Them in priority. Exactly. Yeah. And if you're not able to do all this stuff on your own, there's books, there's coaches, there's counselors, there's ways of doing this stuff that you can, you can, you can do it. 
it's just you got to have the desire to make it happen and for me personally it came down being so sick of my own shit that i felt like i had no other choice <laughs> if i don't change it's not going to change yeah because well, I, mean, I, I can't for yeah. me for me it was landing in a position where i lost everything yeah i lost everything boy that's that's a motivator isn't it i mean you could either some people will just like go deep 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 you know dark yeah. depression whatever but oh, other yeah. people are motivated by that stuff it's an opportunity yeah it sucks it is it is difficult because in the end it's work mm -hmm. and nobody likes work yeah yeah but sometimes so, that's what we got to do in order to improve mm -hmm. exactly if you want the easy route, okay, good luck with all that. Let me know yeah. how that turns out for you. I'm not I don't know pay anybody. <laughs> but even if you pay for it, you still got to do the work. You still yeah. got to do the work. I mean, you could have billions of dollars and you could go to the therapist, you know, five times a week. Doesn't mean you're fixed. You got to do the work. There's, yeah. there's no, there's no quick route to that. So. It's all about doing the work and not losing faith in yourself. And even if you stumble and you feel like maybe you can't do it, you allow yourself to process that grief or that sadness. And then you get back on the horse again. The difference between you and people that are successful is that they kept trying. They kept going. They didn't give up. That's the difference. Yeah. That's really it. Because <laughs> so I, saw, I saw a guy, he's talking about this. And I'm sorry. I know we need to wrap up, but... It's, it's just right. like there's a million other people out there doing exactly what you're doing, getting paid a lot of money for it. And they are yeah. even half as good as you. But the only difference between you and them is that they didn't give up. Yeah. And you got to set yourself apart. What makes you special? What do you bring to the table is different because you are a unique person. Yeah. So really, I guess. That, thing. Uh -huh. Yeah. No, go ahead. No, it's just having that persistence and the, mm -hmm. and the, the, the determination. It really is the factor that changes everything. It changes and, everything, and it's it's daunting because you want us. You want you. We are in a society of instant gratification, and we want to see the changes yep. immediately after we just give a smidge amount of effort or almost barely anything. So mm -hmm. keep on trucking. Exactly. Exactly. So, well, I think that's all we're going to we're going to do for today. Thank you for for um, being ready at a moment's notice to do this, uh, this little conversation. And hopefully our listeners found it helpful and like subscribe, follow whatever it is, do push all the buttons, do all the things. And if you have anything that you'd like to share with us that we could maybe discuss on air or on our uh, show, please do so. And I think that's it. So it thank is. you for joining us. And <laughs> goodbye from me and... And goodbye from me too. And from <laughs> Dean. <laughs> All right. Thank you. Have a good one. Bye.